Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. And we'd like to say a special hello to our one and only fan. Dude, you gotta watch the bad lip reading of the House of Representatives. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I need to watch that. That sounds very fun. <laughs> it really is. More fun than the actual footage. Uh... <laughs> Especially when the ladies are doing the attendance. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Oh, man. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing the American Roommate Experiment by Elena Armas. New romance writer Rosie moves into her bestie's empty apartment to avoid being crushed to death by the bathroom ceiling in her own apartment. Bestie is on her honeymoon, so Rosie can't ask her for permission, but assumes it's fine. While there, she meets Bestie's cute older cousin, Lucas, who she's had an online crush on for months. Unlike her, he is supposed to be there. <laughs> Since neither Rosie nor Lucas want the other to be out of a place to stay, they agree to cohabitate as roommates until Rosie's apartment is fixed. It is under this not-crumbling roof that they devise a plan to help Rosie out of her romance writer's block by engaging in dating experiments. When it works to inspire her, she and Lucas are left wondering if they can truly believe in the results. There will be spoilers beyond this point. Well, Erica, let's meet Rosie. So tell me a bit about her, apart from the crumbling roof, I guess. <laughs> Maybe we should discuss that first. I don't know. Rosie lives in New York City. She is one of those main characters that has a sense of over-responsibility due to parentification as a child. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I feel like that's a trope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be becoming that. <laughs> Not a happy trope, but th there you go. When she was 10 years old and her younger brother was little, her mom left the family and just was like, bye. And Rosie and her brother, Ollie, were raised by her dad, who is amazing and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And worked really hard to support them and get them to a place where they were better off than he was essentially. Right. You know, right. like, like every parent wants for their kid or every good parent wants for their kid. One would hope. So Rosie has a engineering degree and she's amazing. And she works for this high powered firm in New York city. And in her spare time, she writes a romance novel. Well, the romance novel is amazing goes super well, she gets offered a book contract. So against her inclination, really, because she's used to being responsible, she's responsible, she gets things done, she has a plan. But this time she quits her job, signs the contract and chooses her passion. While she liked her engineering job, she loves writing. Like this is a passion that she discovered about herself. So Everything should be great, right? Right. <laughs> Except now she has the pressure of what if I fail? <laughs> yes. Which makes it kind of hard to write, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> and now she's kind of nearing the end of her timeline and she hasn't been able to really write much of a book. And she's been lying to her dad and her brother about her job situation. She doesn't want to disappoint anyone. She doesn't want her dad to think that she made the bad choices. 
<laughs> you know, there's nothing worse than parental disappointment. Mm-hmm. And she she does that thing that, you know, overly responsible people do. I, I, I kind of relate where you want to manage everyone else's feelings for them <laughs> mm-hmm. by not letting them help you out, not letting them co-regulate with you, not letting them know your truth <laughs> or whatever. So mm-hmm. she's feeling kind of isolated, I think, too, because of her lie. She feels guilty about it. So. Her best friend, Lena, is away on her honeymoon. She just got married. Lena is the main character from the first book. This is book two. Yeah, I got that impression. Hence, another reason for Rosie to feel isolated. But kind of lucky in a way, because right now Lena's apartment is empty uh, because she's gone. And Rosie's apartment... uh, (laughs) has problems (laughs) the book opens where the ceiling almost falls on rosie's head and luckily barely misses her could have crushed her to death Mm -hmm. it understandably freaks her out (laughs) and so she packs a bunch of her stuff and heads over to lena's she has a spare key she tries calling her Hey, can I stay at your place? My place is bad right now, but can't get through. Lena's in Peru, I think. So she has spotty reception. Ultimately, Rosie's like, well, Lena will be fine with it. She'll understand. As a best friend, I would think would. Yes, I think so. And and Rosie and Lena are super close. They're found sisters. Yeah. Rosie is ensconced in Lena's apartment, which happens to be a studio apartment with no separate rooms, just a separate bathroom. When she is startled by someone trying to get in, (laughs) someone who seems to maybe think they have a key. At first, she was thinking, oh, maybe they just picked the wrong door. But then someone starts knocking. Rosie's like, no, I'm not here. But her phone beeps and she knocks stuff over and it's obvious there's someone in there. And the person on the other side of the door is like, I know you're in there. Can you let me in, please? (laughs) Rosie's like, uh, no, you can go away. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, this scene is hilarious. Um, Rosie is freaking out as one would, Mm -hmm. isn't thinking super clearly and says, well, I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave. And the other person is like, but is this a joke? Like, (laughs) (laughs) really, though? (laughs) Rosie does. She calls 911 and is talking to the operator. And while she's talking to the operator, she starts hearing the other person react to what she's saying and starts to suspect that this might actually be someone who Lena knows and maybe invited to stay at her place. Maybe she reacted not not great. Understandably. She tells the 911 operator, I'm sorry, I'll call back if I need to. I think it might be okay. And she hangs up and opens the door and it happens to be Lucas on the other side, who is Lena's older cousin. Rosie has never met Lucas in person, but knows a lot about him. It's kind of creepy. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie. Uh, Lucas was the only cousin who wasn't able to come to Lena's wedding. Rosie has kind of stalked his social media <laughs> accounts for months, has a, <sighs> a small online crush on him. <laughs> Is it small? What? No. <laughs> online obsession. Yeah. She is super into him. What she knows about him anyway. I think she I think she understands that she doesn't know him as a person, but she's very attracted to him. Yeah, the idea of him. She'd like to get to know him if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean she's she's attracted <laughs> to his physical appearance and what she who she thinks he is. What Rosie knows is Lucas is a professional surfer. He is an extremely adorable dog named Taco. He has a wonderful online presence for the most part. All the beautiful places he goes, all the competitions he's been in, all the wonderful things. You know, he seems to have this perfect... Yeah, Lucas has an endless summer life. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it seems that way <laughs> on his socials anyways. <laughs> Uh, but now he's lying at Rosie's feet, literally, because he had given up and was resting his back against the door before <laughs> Rosie opened it. And when she opened it, he fell over. <laughs> Hello, prostrate fellow. <laughs> this meat cute is amazing. I love this. <laughs> he's like trying to be charming, but he's obviously exhausted from traveling. <laughs> Rosie is... Her brain just shut down. <laughs> I think. <laughs> she doesn't know what to say to him. She's been obsessed with him, essentially. She's like, okay, well, obviously you're supposed to be staying here, so I'm going to leave. Let me get all my stuff. and I'll, I'll just go. I was just staying for one night, which is a lie. And Lucas looks at her stuff and realizes it's a lie. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> it's not going to work. Rosie's like, no, it's fine. I'll get a hotel or whatever. Lucas is like, well, obviously you're not comfortable with me being here right now. So I'm going to leave. And I'll come back tomorrow and we can discuss the situation. <laughs> Rosie hates this because she does not want to cause anyone any inconvenience, especially Lucas, who happens to be her best friend's hot cousin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of all people, he should not be inconvenienced. <laughs> but he really doesn't give her a choice. He leaves. And she ends up staying the night at the apartment after all. Okay. After this extremely exciting turn of events, <laughs> we get to be back in Rosie's head a bit. She um, has been worried about her brother, Ollie. Ollie is 19 and has been living in the city on his own. Doesn't want any help. Hasn't been very communicative lately. Rosie's tried to chalk it up to him just being an you know, a new adult who wants to be independent or whatever, but she's really struggling with that. She's worried about him. She can tell he's hiding something. And she tries to get her brother and dad to agree to meet up for breakfast. She has plans to not only check on Ollie, but also finally tell them the truth about her job. Because this lie has been weighing on her. So she goes out, she gets her dad's favorite uh, sausage rolls. She gets ready to go to the train. And as she's leaving the, the sausage place, I don't know, as she's leaving, <laughs> she 
sees Lucas asleep at a diner in a booth. His mouth is open. He's drooling. He's very obviously asleep. Not just resting his eyes. Yeah, it's concerning. (laughs) Rosie feels almost betrayed, I think. She's like, I thought he said he'd be fine. (laughs) Well, fine is relative. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how Rosie defines fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) She goes over there and wakes him up. (laughs) Why didn't you get a hotel? What's wrong with you? Why are you sleeping in a diner? (laughs) Lucas proposes a game it's kind of a getting to know you breaking the ice game where they take turns asking each other questions they each get five he explains that he's sleeping in the diner because he realized his credit card got lost and he only had fifty dollars and so he didn't lie when he let her assume that that was what he was doing it's just it didn't work out for him the way he hoped yes (laughs) So he just spent time at the diner and happened to fall asleep because he was freaking exhausted. It happens. (laughs) Yeah, he asks her questions. She ends up telling him about her job situation and lying to her family and how she's planning to meet her dad and brother and let them know the truth. He tells her about how he's been traveling in the U.S. for a few weeks and plans to stay at Lena's for about six weeks. When she asks him why he didn't go to the wedding, he kind of has a panic attack, it seems like, or almost. I don't know. He, he's very anxious. Rosie can tell he's uncomfortable. He gets out like I couldn't. And he's like struggling to come up with why or being able to explain why. And Rosie's like, it's okay. You don't, you know, saying you can't is a valid answer. So she's very, very kind to yes. him. While they're talking... She gets a call from her dad. He had fallen. Her dad has a bad hip. And so he's in the hospital. Rosie's like, well, crap. So she says goodbye to Lucas, rushes off to go see her dad. Her dad's fine. Her dad called her because I think the neighbor said they were going to call her if he didn't or something. Rosie gets back to New York. She gets back to the apartment that evening. She's planning to get her stuff and vacate stay at a hotel maybe she's not sure what she's gonna do she's still kind of afraid of her own apartment because it's not fixed or anything lucas is cooking dinner it smells amazing and he invites her to eat with him you get the sense that he planned to serve her dinner this was part of his (laughs) his thing she just assumes oh that was nice of him to invite me to stay and eat (laughs) she drinks too much wine It happens. They watch TV. (laughs) She kind of accidentally confesses that she's worried she won't meet her writing deadline. And then she passes out on the couch. (laughs) In the morning, Lucas says if Rosie is comfortable with it, she should stay at the apartment with him if she wants to. And she's like, okay, well, I'll take the couch. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, sure you will. But he agrees. Not really, but yes. And... (laughs) Rosie's thinking, well, okay, this is okay. I I like hanging out with Lucas. This is a lot easier and cheaper than other options. And hopefully my own place will be repaired soon anyway. It'll be fine. However, that night when they get ready for bed, they see each other in their respective sleepwear. And it's just like, oh my God. Kind of on both sides. This is really a good idea. <laughs> The plan seems to have some flaws that I did not anticipate. 
<laughs> yeah, Lucas insists that she takes the bed and she ends up taking the bed. He convinces her. The next day, Rosie's getting ready to go meet with her landlord about the damage at her apartment. She's telling Lucas about it and mentions that her landlord is tough to deal with, aka an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, you know, like so many heroes, is a protector man. Uh -huh. He's pretty mild as far as protector man goes, but he definitely wants to be there for Rosie. So he asks if he can come along. Rosie's like, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> she doesn't understand no silly rosie <laughs> tricks are for kids <laughs> uh when they get there lucas sees the extent of the damage to the apartment and he's pretty upset by how close rosie came to dying <laughs> rosie's been trying to play it off this whole time and when he gets upset there at the apartment, she again is like, oh, it's fine. You know, it'll be fixed soon. It's okay. But she says it in front of Mr. Allen, the landlord, aka Mr. Asshole. He doesn't like that Rosie's playing down this damage and assures her that it will be a very big, expensive deal and might possibly take a very, very long time to get fixed. Yeah, so maybe it wouldn't need to happen if, you know, construction standards were better. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, there's also the contractor that's there. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. The contractor. Who's cute and seems to kind of be into Rosie a little bit. But Lucas is like, uh, no, mine. This is this is my special friend, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> he has no right to claim and he knows it. And so he's trying not to, but it's hard. <laughs> Mr. Allen is bullying Rosie. Lucas intercedes at this point. He basically tells Mr. Allen to shut up. <laughs> and he's like physically imposing stop <laughs> which okay i i liked it i hate that this is a thing i hate that yeah a woman is less likely to get the same result if she does the same thing yeah no because if rosie had done it she'd be the bitchy tenant yeah but i i did like that he did it he did do his protector man shtick, but it was in such a way that it really didn't overstep too much because he waited until it got pretty damn bad. Yeah. And Rosie was just like sitting there taking it like, oh, okay, thanks, Mr. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying that there are some, some people, men, but not always, that won't stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they won't unless there is a show of masculine force or whatever male force domination yeah either way i say it it sounds stupid um <laughs> <laughs> it's a battle for dominance and it's just like come the fuck on dude but yeah <laughs> it's a penis measuring contest i mean kind of kind of i guess <laughs> I, it's one of those things where it's it's shitty that it seems to have to happen that way but it's really nice that lucas was ready to step up and you know yeah, be a good friend, and Rosie I mean, I do kind moment. of wonder what would have happened if Rosie really did stand up. Yeah, I don't know. It's so tricky because I do find that as I've gotten older, there's like if twenty year old me had tried to stand up, there's the oh, this is a young person, you know, it doesn't quite get the same level of response or respect. Yeah, whether or not that is right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But it's true. No, there's definitely two sides to it. There's the misogynistic side and then there's the ageist side. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of standing up for yourself. Yeah, and, and who knows what Rosie would have said. I think, though, she was worried about standing up for herself in the moment because she didn't want to lose her place. And that's what Mr. Allen was kind of implying. Yeah, and and he's being a butthole. And he isn't, he doesn't seem to care about the fact that Rosie could have died either. No. Which Rosie is still kind of, at this point, minimizing. <laughs> yeah, maybe out of necessity. Yeah, I don't know. After all that happens, Mr. Allen and the contractor go upstairs to talk to the upstairs neighbor who has a hole in his floor. (laughs) (laughs) Rosie finally breaks down crying. Um, Everything just kind of caught up with her, I think. The apartment won't be fixed quickly. The landlord's an asshole. She's been lying to her family. She has writer's block. There's a deadline. Oh my gosh, her life is horrible. Everything is not fine as much as she tries to pretend that it is. Yes. Lucas comforts her. He tells her about how it's good to let it out and not bottle stuff up. And that's what his abuela tells him. I don't know if I mentioned, but Lucas is from Spain. I don't think you did, but good to mention it. That's an important plot point. Lucas is from Spain, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Noted. (laughs) He's he's here on a visitor's visa. Uh, Yeah, so... Rosie picks up on the bottling it up comment and she asks him what he's been bottling up. <laughs> nice <laughs> like, transition. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we weren't talking about me. <laughs> I'm vulnerable. I want you to be vulnerable too. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he'll tell her if she comes home with him and lets him help her. And so she agrees This is where Rosie gets the transition of allowing someone to help her. I think for, and I'm assuming, but I think for much of her life, Rosie doesn't let anyone help her at all, ever. Everything's fine. She's the responsible one. She makes sure everything is fine. The fact that Lucas is here and very kind, very sweet, very cute, and he wants to help her, it lets her allow herself to be a little bit more vulnerable just with herself. Knowing that there's another responsible adult ready to help too, I think helps her. Back at the apartment, Lucas is out. Rosie thinks she's by herself. She gets a phone call from Lena finally, but does not happen to tell Lena about the living situation or anything. She's still up in her feels about the writing slash job situation. Lena gives Rosie a very much needed pep talk you're amazing. It's going to be okay. Of course you made the right choice. She suggests Rosie start dating again for inspiration for her writing. Maybe she'll find love or at least orgasms. Hopefully that will kickstart her brain and help her think romantic story thoughts. We learn though that Lucas has overheard quite a bit of this conversation. (laughs) Oops. He was coming back and heard some of it from the street (laughs) because Rosie's out on like the windows open or she's out on the balcony or so I don't know. But anyway, he's able to hear from the street. And so of course he hauls ass up the stairs because <laughs> he wants to hear the rest of it because <laughs> he's nosy. <laughs> Rosie quickly ends the call with Lena. She wants to just pretend Lucas didn't hear anything. Yes. Lucas brought cronuts to Rosie when she was crying the other day after the landlord incident. One of the things she listed was that she had a period craving for cronuts, which apparently are amazing 
pastries? I don't know. Are they donuts? I don't know. It, it's not explained. Is it, a, is it a real thing? Yes. It is? My understanding is that it is. It's like a croissant and a donut. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, at any rate, <laughs> today I learned. <laughs> That's my understanding. They're amazing. They come up with their own special way of saying thank you, which is cronut you, which I thought was dumb, but cute simultaneously. They eat and Rosie has just started to think that maybe Lucas is going to let her off the hook when he asks her about her writer's block and the quote long line of ass faces that she's dated. (laughs) That was part of her conversation with Lena as well. Rosie has been taking about I think like a couple year break from dating because She's dated like a string of really yucky guys. She tells Lucas about a couple of the really crappy guys she dated. One of them, I guess, was an aspiring screenwriter or playwriter or something and was using her as a test for scenes, apparently, including a breakup scene. (laughs) It was really like horrible. Like, oh, my gosh. She then says, well, maybe Lena's right. Maybe I should start dating again for research. Maybe I'll download Tinder or whatever and figure something out. Lucas is like, um, I want to be your experiment partner. (laughs) Rosie's like, of course, worried about imposing and oh no, I have to manage you. You can't think for yourself, Lucas. He says, no, of course it wouldn't be an imposition on him. (laughs) (laughs) it's fine it's great (laughs) i want to help we're friends right that's what friends do friends help (laughs) (laughs) he does reveal to her during this conversation though that he has issues with his right leg and that's kind of a really big deal for him because he's been trying to hide it this whole time rosie is sort of picked up on it a little bit but can tell that he doesn't want to talk about it so she doesn't bring it up but she does appreciate that he did tell her. He wants to know her pen name, which she tells him. And then it turns out she's the author of Lucas's sister's favorite book. <laughs> Lucas is aware of this book. <laughs> if he hasn't read it by this point, he does read it before the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie's kind of worried about the prospect of the experimental dating. She's not ready to agree to it. She's still worried about like, but it might make things awkward and I don't want to impose on you and you're already being imposed on because I'm staying in the place that you're supposed to have to yourself, etc. He says, quote, I promise you, I won't let this interfere with our friendship. You'll tell me all about those dating phases you need to experience. We'll go on the dates, be the best experiment partners we can be. And at the end of the day, when we come back home, we'll be Rosie and Lucas, roommates, friends, soon enough, best friends. And if you're still on the fence, I can promise you something. I promise I will not fall in love with you and make things awkward, Rosalind Sage, which is her pen name, by the way. Her real last name is not Sage. No, it's Graham. At this point, I thought, oh, maybe that's a loophole. He promises he won't fall in love with Rosalind Sage. Hmm. But the author didn't really implement that at all. So it's just there. She agrees to going on four experimental dates for science. (laughs) (laughs) so we have a week time jump rosie gets a text message from an unknown number it turns out lena gave lucas rosie's number for emergencies lucas was supposed to arrive at the apartment now instead of a week ago 
And Lena still doesn't know that they're staying together. <laughs> Lucas sends Rosie an emergency selfie <laughs> and says, today is date night. <laughs> and when he arrives to the apartment to pick her up, he's kind of in role play mode. He is date night Lucas right now. <laughs> the hotness meter is just off the charts. She needs a little bit of a timeout, like immediately. She's like, can we just be friends for a second and have a talk about this real quick? I just need to check in. <laughs> he does give her a bit of a timeout, reassures her, and then he's all, okay, date night Lucas is back. <laughs> he takes her to a record store and he wants her to pick out one record and says that that will be their soundtrack. While they're shopping, well, she's shopping essentially, I guess, but she tells him about her horrible first kiss. Which happened at prom and <laughs> her prom date like goes to kiss her and then immediately rears back and throws up all over her instead. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. Oh my gosh. She insists he tells her a embarrassing story. And so he tells her about the night he didn't lose his virginity. He invited a girl over. He had his, his abuela bake like some food to impress her and they were downstairs and he was downstairs if you know what I mean and then gets caught by his mom and grandma (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) yeah that was satisfyingly embarrassing (laughs) she ends up picking out Dancing Queen by ABBA Lucas is like yeah I didn't envision that but we can go with it it's fine (laughs) she likes that song because it's It represents a lot of things to her. She really likes the musical. She really likes ABBA. She likes Meryl Streep. It's a thing. They get back to the apartment and he pulls out a record player from a box. Apparently he went down into some random person's basement and helped them move a couch or something and got paid with this record player. And Rosie just sees so many things wrong with this whole story. (laughs) You don't go into some random person's basement in New York. Let's just not do that, please. (laughs) Uh, They put on Dancing Queen and they dance. And they're having a lot of fun until a rat appears out of the box. And Rosie is scared of rats. So this breaks up the date. And that's how it (laughs) ends. Lucas handles the rat. He puts it back in the box and he goes to like set it free or whatever. So... He's very capable. After this first experimental day, we have an evening where Rosie has been visiting her dad in Philly and she's heading home. Ollie has stood them up again. And when she gets to the train station, she sees Ollie there waiting for her, but he doesn't look good. (laughs) He has a black eye. He has a split lip. Things are not okay. He tells Rosie he's been making money by stripping, but everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this black eye was just a misunderstanding, and I just wanted to apologize and let you know what was going on, sister. And now I'm leaving. <laughs> and some dude drives up, is pretty rude to him, like, get in the car, pretty boy, or I don't know what he says, but it's something diminutive like that. All he does, and they leave. So we have a little bit more about the Ollie side story. He's not doing well. Rosie has one more thing to worry about. Now it's time for date number two. Rosie has a favorite pizza place. Lucas somehow charms the owner of the pizza place and gets permission to host date number two at the pizza place after it's been closed. 
and he lights like a ton of little candles and he and Rosie cook pizzas together and it's just very sweet and romantic and awesome. He plans really good dates. (laughs) Yeah, they seem very sweet. I'm very impressed that this dude from Spain who's never been to New York City before is somehow just totally at home planning all this stuff. It's great. Well, he's used to making friends. I guess that's true. (laughs) He is known for being very charming. While they're making the pizza, she asks him if the reason he's not on the market is because of his surfing career. See, one of the reasons Lucas is safe, air quotes, and able to do these experimental dates with her and whatnot is because he considers himself to be unavailable. Like he's not looking for anyone. He says, no, that's not why he's off the market. It's because he is not going to be able to surf at the level he used to ever again due to his injury. As a result, he doesn't feel like he has anything to offer to someone. Rosie is very kind again. She says, oh, of course, you're not just a career, Lucas. Like, you have a lot more to offer than just that. Lucas is like, yeah, that's sweet of you. But I don't think he really believes it or internalizes it or anything. He's just like, oh, that was nice of her to say. (laughs) That was nice of her to tell me that lie. I think he kind of feels like if Rosie really knew him, she wouldn't think that. She only thinks that because she doesn't know him that well or something. That's probably Mm. where it's at. He has a pretty big inferiority complex, I guess. Like he's just, he doesn't feel like he's good enough, especially now after this accident. Who is he now? He doesn't know. He used to be awesome professional surfer dude. Now who is he? It's part of the reason why he's traveling and trying to escape from everything. (laughs) So the conversation gets lighter. There's more flirting. There's more teasing. There's sexual tension. Things start to ramp up. And oh, wait, the pizzas are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So they spend the rest of the evening (laughs) deep cleaning (laughs) this kitchen. (laughs) But we do have a nice bit of news because... Rosie has finally been inspired and she's writing her book now. Yay! So things are going well on the writing front. Lucas has flipped the switch, as it were. So now (laughs) we get a fun surprise because Lena and her husband Aaron are back checking in on Lucas. I'm very surprised to find Rosie wearing night clothes in the apartment. Lucas has just gotten out of the shower. He is wet, wearing just a towel. Lena jumps to conclusions. (laughs) She's very, very upset by this. She does not want her best friend to get hurt. I think that's a big part of it. She's very protective of Rosie. And she also really, really cares about Lucas. Lucas is her favorite cousin, almost like a brother to her. But she knows he can be very charming and has no trouble finding company (laughs) she's worried that he's gonna break rosie's heart i think that's ultimately what it is and then she's gonna have to be mad at him and she doesn't want to be mad at him because he's her favorite cousin why are you doing this to me (laughs) stop (laughs) do you feel lena's problems are justified her problems with the relationship i mean not like her problems in life No, I think Lena has a sense of over-responsibility as well. I think it's fine to feel protective of your best friend and say, yeah, I love my cousin, but he's definitely a, a horn dog, you know, a player or whatever, which I don't know if Lucas is, but that's kind of how he's categorized a bit. 
who knows what kind of life he led before he has left surfing. Yeah, I think he was very flirty and had no problem finding dates and whatnot, but was definitely not looking to settle down. That's the impression we get from the text. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Lena should have cautioned Rosie with the, you online stalked him? (laughs) Well, she doesn't know that. That's true. Okay, if I were in Lena's position, and granted, I'm not Lena, I don't have a personality, but if I were in Lena's position... I would definitely have maybe chilled out the freaking out immediately. And I would have done what she did, which was pull Rosie aside. You know, they go out to a cafe to talk it out. And I think at that point, I would have told her, hey, you know, you're an adult and you can do what you want. I just want to let you know that my cousin is kind of like this certain way. And I just want you to know. But whatever you do is fine. And I'll love you and be okay regardless of what you do. That's probably how I would handle it. Yeah, for some reason, I was thinking that Lena knew about the cyberstalking. Yeah, she doesn't. I guess because I was trying to understand better the barriers preventing the couple from being together. And it would have made more sense to have Lena be aware of that and then act as more of a barrier. Yeah, it does seem weird that she's that upset in that moment. I could see, you know, okay, she's surprised. She's jumping to conclusions. It looks like they've been having some sexy naked times together just based on the situation going on in the apartment when she sees them. Mm -hmm. I can see that part, but her reacting with like the anger and, oh, Lucas, you're horrible and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. That part of it i just i don't understand but maybe she just has like a a bit of a temper and you know let it out in the moment and then thinks better of it because when she does talk to rosie about it she does explain herself a bit just that she's worried that if lucas ends up hurting her then that's going to come between their friendship her and rosie's friendship yeah it just it made more sense to me that lena would know about some level of the cyber stalking And then makes that make more sense. You don't really know who he is, ergo. This is, you know, that would make more sense. Yeah, like you've invented the Lucas in your mind. (laughs) Plus, I don't think Lena knew that Rosie was staying at the apartment. No, she didn't. So even that would make more sense. Like, so you've been staying here for how long and you didn't tell me? She, which she does learn that part during this conversation that she has with Rosie and she is worried about it, but does say, well, you know, if this is what you want to do, that's fine. If you want to come stay with me and Aaron, we have a guest bedroom, but you can do either. It's okay. I get that she is supporting her friends right to adult and make, make whatever decisions. I was just, yeah, it just seemed like the anger didn't really make sense. So I guess I was retroactively fixing things in my head to make that make more sense. I mean, we probably, if we had read the first book, we'd have had a better sense of Lena's personality at this moment. So maybe we would have a better understanding of why she reacted that way. Yeah. I kind of just assumed she was the type of person who had a bit of a short fuse. You know, the temper comes out and then she thinks about it and goes, oh, wait, no, I was wrong. Oops. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Which seems like what it was. Unfortunately, though, a side effect of this anger from Lena, it just kind of reinforces Lucas's private understanding to himself that he's not good enough for Rosie. 
he sees the anger is like, well, see, Lena doesn't think I'm good enough for Rosie either. So I'm not, you know? Yes. I think that's really how the anger serves as a barrier. It just reinforces the barrier that was already there, which is Lucas feels like he's not good enough. I think that Rosie in the moment, she starts feeling guilty because she's impacting Lucas negatively. She stands up for Lucas and says, no, he's not like that. He's amazing. Lucas is like, no, we did not have sex. We did not fuck. It is not what it looks like. I swear. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) After Lena and Rosie get back from talking it out, Lena drops her off at the apartment, realizes Lucas has been cooking her dinner all this time, and is like, oh, no wonder you want to stay here. (laughs) That's what makes sense to her, because I guess Lucas is also known for being a really amazing cook in the family as well. And he is. Like, that's a big part of the story is all the cooking that he does. However, Lucas is not just cooking for him and Rosie that evening. He's also cooking for the neighbor lady. So up to this point, I haven't really mentioned it, but there's a side plot with this elderly neighbor, Adele, who seems to have some sort of memory issues of some kind. Um, Lucas and Rosie helped her move a couch at one point. She seemed to think Lucas was someone she knew. Unbeknownst to Rosie, Lucas has been dropping in with Adele and visiting with her and whatnot. Uh, He overheard Adele have an explosion in her apartment. I guess she was cooking something and it exploded. I don't know. I don't remember. But um, he helps clean it up. Adele's daughter, Alexia, shows up and is like very impressed by all this. Uh, Lucas invites them over for dinner. It turns out Alexia is the executive chef at this amazing, super wonderful New York restaurant. And she is super duper impressed with Lucas's cooking and invites him and Rosie to come to her restaurant on the house as a thank you for helping out with her mom. It's not really directly addressed in the text, but this is the part where the author plants the seed like, okay, look, Lucas has other potential avenues He doesn't have to be a surfer. He could be happy doing something else. Yes. That night, Lucas has a nightmare. Rosie goes and wakes him up on the couch and snuggles with him and comforts him. I think that's really the first time she's able to do something for him. (laughs) He's so busy taking care of her. He's neglecting (laughs) himself. (laughs) I think he's using her as an excuse to not take care of himself. Maybe a little bit, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, later, days later, it's like Halloween now, Lena invited Rosie and Lucas to go to a masquerade ball with her and Aaron. Lucas and Rosie are going together as friends, but they're wearing a couple costume as characters in this vampire show they've been watching together. (laughs) Lucas in his costume is the hotness. He also got our corsage, which he remembered she never had one before. So, oh, yes. She realizes that she's starting to fall for him or could fall for him or something like that. It kind of feels sort of real to her. Like she's questioning it. Like, is this really us? Or is this like an extension of the experimental dating? He sort of says, well, this could be part of date number two because date number two ended with a fire. So maybe (laughs) this will make it better. Not the kind of good fire. Right. (laughs) She takes that to mean that it's not real to him and they're just friends and roommates, right? (laughs) Obviously. That's all this is. (laughs) Yes. They have a good time at the party, but 
At some point, someone spills a drink down Rosie's back. Someone in a Chewbacca costume. (laughs) Freaking Chewbacca, dude. I know, right? What's his problem? She goes off to the ladies' room to dry herself off. Lucas invites himself into the ladies' room to help her dry off. (laughs) He's really sweet, though. He's really aware of boundaries and everything like he wants to be naughty like he wants to take off her clothes he wants to you know do all the stuff but like he helps her unzip her dress and you know turns his back and she's in the stall and he's out holding the dress under the dryer trying to dry it they're talking she has this idea that he just does not want to see her in a sexual way like at all like she has this idea like maybe she's not attractive to him or what she's feeling all hot and bothered by the proximity and she tells him that she wants him to look at her in her underwear she needs him to so he finally does and we're in his head at this moment and he is super happy about this he's gonna let himself act the way he wants and things kind of start ramping up it gets kind of sexy they're in the stall together (laughs) i guess for privacy i don't know Lena interrupts them because both Lucas and Rosie are missing and she's looking for them. She's worried. Lucas pretends he's not there. He kind of signals to Rosie like, no, no, you're here by yourself. I don't know what that is. That was weird to me. But okay, I guess he was trying to protect her. Do you think he was trying to protect her or himself? Maybe both. It could be both. It could be I'm protecting her, but not wanting to face the fact that he's protecting himself because you're for doing it for somebody else and it's a selfless act and it makes it okay right 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 (laughs) of course (laughs) so rosie gets dressed and leaves with lena and lucas waits and leaves after that so lena doesn't suspect (laughs) come on (sighs) another we, we get another time jump of a week And even though Rosie was a little worried after the whole masquerade ball thing that things would be awkward and change, things really haven't changed at all. Rosie's still writing. Lucas is still friendly and open and flirty, but it's very much like, we are friends. We are roommates. Yay. (laughs) Rosie's starting to worry about Lucas leaving soon. She really has been enjoying all the time with him. She really cares about him. So we got that kind of percolating in the back of her brain. They've had this routine since they've been living together where Lucas kind of goes out and sightsees for the day while Rosie writes, and then they do dinner together and whatnot. They watch their Netflix show and everything. (laughs) Rosie has spent the day writing in the cafe, and as she's leaving, she sees the contractor from before, whose name is Aiden, who is working on her apartment. And he is all dressed up. He's wearing a tux. He looks very handsome. She comes up to him, says, hi. Oh, you look very nice. That sort of thing. He tells her that the work on her apartment should be done by Friday. So, oh, you may not have as much time with Lucas as you thought, Rosie. (laughs) And then just as Lucas shows up, Aiden asks Rosie out. Like, oh, well, do you want to go out for a drink or something? Lucas is there. (laughs) Rosie's looking at Lucas. (laughs) Rosie looks at Aiden. Rosie looks at Lucas. This is very awkward. (laughs) She tells Aiden no thank you because even though she doesn't think Lucas cares about her in that way, she wants all the time she can get with him. 
We're back in Lucas's head a little bit. He is not used to feeling jealous. This is a new thing for him. (laughs) He really wanted to like jump in and claim Rosie while she's like deciding whether or not to go out with Aiden. He didn't though. He, well, okay. He did do the one thing where after she made the decision, he's like, yes, she's coming home with me. Ha ha. Me. (laughs) Mine. Like at that point. But she made the decision already. So I think it was okay. (laughs) I don't know. Sure. (laughs) Rosie suggests that maybe they don't need to continue with the experimental dates because she's writing. She's got her writing muse back. Her muse's name is Lucas. (laughs) But she is feeling still again like he is not into her. And she brings up the thing at the ball where she basically had to force him to look at her in her underwear after all. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to and I made you. And he's like, uh, no, you absolutely did not force me. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> did want to. He says, well, we agreed to four dates and I already planned for the next one. So if you want to call the ball date number three, okay, fine, whatever. But we're doing four dates. Dang it. <laughs> she says, okay. When they get back to the apartment... Surprise, Taco is there, and also Lucas's older sister. Rosie arranged for them to come out and visit to surprise Lucas. Just so sweet. <laughs> it's really cute. I, I thought it was kind of out of left field. Yeah, yeah, some of the things surprised me. It, it was in line with her character. This is true. Wanting to be responsible and caretake and whatnot it really fell in line with that and also it was really a big moment for lucas because he's not used to someone doing that for him taking care of him yes he's kind of in the same position as rosie he's the one who takes care of people i guess and granted up until this point maybe he didn't need anyone to take care of him because his life was awesome it wasn't until after his surfing accident that he started struggling okay we get date number four because we're counting the masquerade ball as date number three now. For date number four, they go to Alexia's restaurant. This is a very sweet, romantic, sexually fraught date. Lucas is being very flirty with her. Rosie can't really let herself believe it's real. She doesn't think Lucas is actually into her. She thinks he's just doing this as a friend. This this is just friend stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. She asks him about Spain because he never really talks about Spain. He says that he misses his old life, but he's he's in a position where he's trying to come to terms with his new life because his old life he can't really go back to. He's not going to be a professional surfer anymore. He's been in the U.S. this whole time trying to escape from the people who love him, who he worries will try to fix him. He's worried they'll try to make him better like back to the way he was. And he is like, I'm never going to be that way again, ever again. He thinks for some reason, all he has going for him or all he had going for him was the surfing. I guess we don't get a whole lot of insight into his backstory aside from what we've already discussed. It's really mostly just for some reason, he's worried that he will become a fix it project for his family. And he doesn't want to be. He tells her it's time for the grand gesture. This is from the notes that she gave him about the different dates. See, when these dates got agreed to, Rosie gave him notes what each date should represent as far as 
plot points in a story. <laughs> and Lucas has taken this very seriously and he's really hit everyone on the nose so far. <laughs> and he tells her, okay, this is date number four. It's time for the grand gesture. He takes her up to the rooftop garden. He tells her how he remembers that she said that she wished they had met for the first time at Lena's wedding. They're going to pretend that that's what they're doing here. He's decorated it. He's baked cake, like the wedding cake. <laughs> Rosie at this point is like, oh, crap, I'm actually in love with this guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but she also is loving this. He narrates what would have happened, you know, if he saw her across the room at the wedding. He would have come up to her. He would have served her cake. She narrates what she would have done. He says, quote, I would have begged you to save me a dance or two or every dance until the night was over and our feet hurt. And after that, I would have begged you to please let me take you home with me to my bed into my heart. It's very romantic and sweet. Aww. It starts raining. He wants to take her inside. Oh, no, I have to take care of you. She says, quote, what if I want to take care of you, too? What if you're important to me, Lucas? What if I wanted to be the person you let take care of you, too? He doesn't seem to be able to answer this. He He's in denial. He can't believe that she would actually want him. Like, look at me. Why would you want this broken man? I have nothing to offer you. Just amazing dates and a hot body and wonderful sparkling personality. That's all. That's not enough, I guess. I don't know. She takes this lack of response as a no, and she starts to apologize for letting things change between them. She starts crying. He asks her what he can do to stop this. Like, he's very upset that she's crying. He's not sure what happened. He's not sure why she's crying. <laughs> She says, I want you to want me like I want you. And he says he's always wanted her. And they kiss. It gets heated. It's amazing. It's interrupted by a phone call. Ollie calls Rosie because he needs her help. He needs her to pick him up. Damn it. Great timing, Ollie. Thank you. <laughs> Lucas helps Rosie out to go pick up Ollie. They go to this club. It's kind of in a bad part of town. The guy at the door won't let Lucas in. He's like, yeah, she can come in, but not you. Rude. Rosie looks like she's starting to get ready to go in without Lucas, even though they promised that they would stay together and they wouldn't engage with people. Both of them promised to each other they wouldn't do that. But just then, luckily, Ollie appears. He comes out. They're getting ready to go. And then the man who had picked Ollie up from the train station earlier comes out after Ollie. He's, again, kind of just horrible to Ollie. Lucas says, Hey, Rosie, why don't you get your brother in the car? He stands between them. The man pushes him. Lucas says, well, you're lucky I promised I wouldn't engage. And so he turns to leave and the man kicks him in the right leg, which is the bad leg. Lucas falls over. He is not doing well. Rosie runs over to him to check on him. And then she's like, she's ready to attack. She's got her claws out. She is like, I need something to hit this guy with. She grabs her purse and she's ready to use it as like a flail or something. <laughs> and Lucas stops her. He's like, no, you said you wouldn't engage too, remember? So they get to the car and they leave with Ollie. When they get back to the apartment, Rosie takes care of both of them. She makes Ollie take a shower, put on sweats from Lucas. She makes Lucas take a shower, get dressed in jammies. She's going to like set them all up. And then Lucas is like, no, no, you have to take a shower, too. You have to do stuff, too. I'm taking care of you, too. Remember? We're a team. So she does. And it's really nice. 
Ollie falls asleep on the couch and Rosie makes Lucas share the bed with her. Originally, Lucas, I think, was going to try to put Ollie in the bed with Rosie. I think that was his plan. And then he was going to stay on the couch. I don't know. But Rosie's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. You're going to sleep in this bed with me. While they're in bed, he finally tells her about the accident, how he hurt his leg. He was surfing in this really dangerous part of France and got dragged under, shattered his knee. It was a big deal. It was pretty bad. And then when he um, was in the hospital, he basically did enough physical therapy to lose the limp. But when he learned he wasn't going to get back to 100% ever again, he wasn't going to be able to surf like he did ever again. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not bothering trying anymore after that then. So he just left. He didn't complete his physical therapy. That's why he's in the U.S. right now. He's escaping. <laughs> in the morning, they wake up spooning in bed. And they kind of forgot Ollie was on the couch <laughs> in the same room in a studio apartment for a bit. Oh, wait, no, no. Lucas remembers. He remembers finally. <laughs> He's like, oh, we should probably not do this. And Rosie's like, oh, my brother's a hard sleeper. It's fine. <laughs> Lucas is like, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> Rosie takes Ollie to their dad's. He's going to move back in with dad for a while, try to get his life back together. There's the understanding that when she gets back, she's going to be moving back to her place because it's Friday. Her place is ready. While Rosie and Ollie are gone, Lucas tries taking a cold shower. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I can't. Ah, why? But while he's taking a cold shower, he doesn't cool off enough. So he starts masturbating. Rosie catches him. She hears him make a noise or something. And she is worried that he's hurt in the bathroom. That's why she goes in there, I guess. But he's not hurting in that way. <laughs> this is a pretty hot scene, I think. She's into it. He can tell she's into it. And they kind of like talk each other into like mutual masturbation. And then she joins him in the shower and it's sexy. After that, Lena picks them up to go back to Rosie's apartment. Lucas and Lena are going to help her bring her stuff in and get resettled and everything. Lucas is being a super grumpy pants, which is unusual for him. He is not a grumpy pants. Rosie is like, oh, well, I could order some pizza. And Lena's like, yeah, no, I got to get going. I got stuff to do and I got to drop Lucas off at home. And Lucas is like, well, I kind of want pizza. And he's like, <laughs> oh, well, I'll pick up some pizza before I drop you off home. And Lucas is like, I kind of want pizza now. <laughs> and Lena's like, yeah, no, you can't eat in the car. I'm sorry. And <laughs> just not getting it. <laughs> I think on purpose, kind of. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But there's no reason for them to stay. And Rosie doesn't ask him to stay. And while Lena suspects, she doesn't know. And so Lucas and Lena leave. And Rosie is left alone in her apartment. <laughs> and she just writes and writes and writes and writes because she has nothing else to do. And now it's nighttime and it's late and Rosie's laying in bed trying to sleep and she can't. And she wants to talk to Lucas, but she's like, eh, I don't know, maybe he's happy I'm gone. She finally decides she's going to text him and he texts her first. They send each other flirty selfies. It's cute. And then he says he's lonely and wants her back. She's like, I want you back too. I want you with me in bed right now. And then there's no response. She's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no. He came over. Yay. Yay. I, I thought that was cute, too. I wish he had said something, but it was cute that he came over. It was. 
And they finally have the sex. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Um, before they have the sex, though, they kind of have this understanding between them. Like, yes, I know you're leaving in a week. I understand. I want this anyway. For the last week that Lucas is in town, he and Taco come and stay at Rosie's apartment. And he takes care of her while she writes. So he makes sure she has water and snacks. <laughs> Feed and water the writer. <laughs> You know, you need to, right? <laughs> Hopefully, if you want the writer to live, the writer won't think about that kind of shit on their own. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they will. A lot of writers, anyway, they do not. <laughs> Similar, but not the same. When I was doing a big project when I was in my master's program, my husband was like, constantly... Have you, did you, did you need something to eat? Here, have some apples. It looks like you haven't showered in a while. Why don't you go take a shower? What's showering? More words. It's like, no, sorry, hon. I need to write. I need to get this out. It needs to happen now. But they're, they're living in the moment, you know, embracing the time that they have and kind of in denial. But now it's the night before Lucas is supposed to leave. Rosie wants, like, what she wants is to have some sort of relationship-defining conversation with him. Are, are we together? Can we be together? Is there a future for us? That type of thing. But she doesn't want to make him have that conversation for her. She's already decided that that will be too hard for him. <laughs> he has too much going on already. And she couldn't possibly impose her feelings on him. That would be bad. So mm -hmm. instead of having that conversation that she wants to have, she says she doesn't think she can say goodbye to him. And he says, well, it's okay. You don't have to come to the airport if you don't want to. And she looks at him. It looks like he's hurting over leaving too, but they really don't talk about it at all. He's just like, yeah, I understand. You don't have to say goodbye if you don't want to. After she falls asleep, he sneaks out like a coward. Yep. Because he can't bear to say goodbye to her either. <laughs> And I think part of it is he's telling himself that, no, look, see, I'm helping. She doesn't want to say goodbye to me. I disappeared. Yay. <laughs> Problem solved. <sighs> <laughs> so he goes to the airport super effing early and he's texting with his sister when Rosie shows up looking for him. She's kind of frantic. The first thing she does is reveal her giant online crush that she had on him. And she's like, is this weird? Is this bad? Does this disturb you? <laughs> I mean, on one hand, I totally, totally, totally get where she's coming from. You know, she doesn't want there to be any secrets between them. Mm -hmm. She wants to be open. She doesn't want this to be something that comes up later and everything. But it's just really funny. <laughs> Lucas is like, um, no, actually, that's very flattering. <laughs> yeah, I think the timing... <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, this is one of those things like if she had told anybody else about the online crush, then maybe. But literally, since nobody else knew, I don't know. It seemed weird to bring it up in that moment. Yeah, the timing is off, but I do think it was good she told him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It felt a little moot. <laughs> I think it's in line with her character. She's all about not imposing, right? She's all about taking the responsibility on herself. And I think that part of this is like, she wants him to know what he's getting into before he gets into it. Yeah. I think that's why she told him. But yeah, I 
right then, right there. It was funny writing, but yeah, <laughs> maybe not the right moment for it. But yeah, no, he's 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 fine with it. He's like, oh, that's very flattering. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's cool that you you liked me before. <laughs> <laughs> especially since they knew each other as people at that point you know what i mean like if it had come yeah. out before it's like oh you looked at me before like a lot yeah <laughs> i mean it is kind of creepy right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's sort of a non-issue in the story but if i was lucas i would have been weirded at that point when it's revealed that's what i mean it sort of feels moot like there's no stakes associated with it it's nothing it's just it's weird to say <laughs> again if if yeah. lena had known or someone or other people or something but it was just sort of like this weird throwaway thing like oh yeah by the way i cyberstalked you before we met but not in a weird way not for long <laughs> just a couple months are, are you thinking that if someone else had known then there would be more of a reason for rosie to tell him because someone else might possibly tell him yeah or again, it could have been that conversation of you're crushing on him, but you don't really know him. You know he's attractive yeah. and you know little bits of video that have been put up online, some of which maybe he's put up, some of which other people may have put up, depending on how famous he is in the, the surfing circuit thing. But you don't really know him. You know the fantasy of him. Built up a fantasy. That kind of conversation. But it it's completely yeah. moot. <laughs> It's one of the moments in the story where I was like, okay, is this weird to just me? But I, I get the unburdening of secrets, especially since throughout the story, she's been keeping secrets, right? From everybody who's important to her. Yeah. So I get like, maybe this is a sign of, of a new leaf. I'm not keeping secrets anymore. Voila. Know my truth. Okay. Just weird moment, but whatever. I think it is that though. I think it is about her being completely open and honest, not holding secrets. And I think especially because her very next question or statement is that she's making a grand gesture. She wants to go with him. She wants them to be together. Mm -hmm. I think that the reason she unburdens at that moment is because she wants him to make a decision about her grand gesture with all the facts. Yeah. So I, I get it. It makes sense. It is awkward and weird. <laughs> and he doesn't care at all, which is also weird to me. Like, I would be kind of freaked out by it. Yeah. It's like, so was any of this real? <laughs> Do you have me on a pedestal? Oh, my God. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So she's like, this is my grand gesture. I want to be with you. And I know that your visa is up and I'm willing to go to Spain to be with you. I'll leave now. It's fine. It's okay. Just pretty damn awesome and cool. And sudden <laughs> he says he can't that's all he says he kind of shuts down and freaks out a bit he's like uh, i don't know what to say oh my gosh i can't i can't with this right now she is very responsive she says well i don't regret the week we had together and i don't regret asking you she says she just wishes that he wanted her as much as she wants him and then she leaves and she goes to stay with her dad for a while she needs family while she nurses her heartbreak. She tells her dad and Ollie the truth about her job and her books. Her dad is actually supportive. Shocker. <laughs> we all didn't see that coming. I didn't. <laughs> no. Lena comes over to help her deal with her heartbreak. Rosie unburdens, tells her everything. Lena gets it. At first, she thinks that Rosie's maybe confused. Maybe Lucas made her think something that 
wasn't real or something. And Rosie's like, no, I'm not confused at all. I know I'm in love with him. And I know that he doesn't want me as much as I want him. (laughs) So (laughs) crap. My life sucks. There's no delusion here. Just heartache and heartbreak. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your concern. We get a time jump of three weeks. Lucas has been back in Spain. He is also miserable. Lena's been trying to get a hold of him. He's been avoiding her. He's pretty sure that if he talks to Lena, she'll just say, hey, yeah, you don't deserve Rosie. And he's like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) I don't need to hear it from her either. I don't need to be told what I already know. But Lena sends like this vague text that makes him worried. And so he finally calls her back. She berates him for not realizing that Rosie was in love with him. That's essentially what this conversation is. And I don't, I don't know. It was a bit much. Lena's like, Yeah, so you didn't think that it would make her fall in love with you when you charmed your way into her favorite pizza restaurant and made pizzas with her, or when you took her to the best restaurant in New York and used their greenhouse and turned it into a recreation of my wedding, or (laughs) like you don't think any of that would have (laughs) made her fall in love with you, you idiot. (laughs) And then she says, yeah, I read Rosie's newest book. She let me read her draft, and it is basically a love letter to you. (laughs) You doofus. Yeah. Why? Why are you so dumb, Lucas? (laughs) (laughs) Lucas is still in this place where he can't believe Rosie would actually be in love with him. I'm not good enough. I don't have anything I could give her. Even though he has this conversation with Lena where she's like, yeah, no, dumbass. (laughs) She is in love with you. (laughs) get it together man (laughs) and this doesn't happen on the page at this point but she does send him rosie's book so he can read it which i thought was kind of fucked up honestly yeah (laughs) did you not get permission from rosie to do that (laughs) because that's not cool it's unreleased draft of her book (laughs) yeah not only that but a clearly personal book yeah Another time jump. It's now New Year's Eve. Rosie has spent the whole holiday season being a grinchy, grinchy Rosie. (laughs) (laughs) She used to love Christmas and everything. Now she hates it all. (laughs) Life sucks. Rosie is spending New Year's Eve at a party with Lena and Aaron. She has promised herself that she can leave right after the countdown. She's doing this to, I think, prove to Lena, no, I'm fine. Life just sucks. It's the countdown to the new year. Lucas is there. He kisses her. And then he gives her this speech how he didn't feel worthy. But now he's ready to grovel. He'll do whatever it takes for them to be together. They dance. They kiss. His kissing kills Grinchy Rosie. It revives real Rosie, I guess. I don't know. It was a little quick. They're talking. And then their song comes on, Dancing Queen, which you get the impression Lucas orchestrated that. (laughs) They slow dance to Dancing Queen. (laughs) He explains himself. He tells her he read her book and it made him see himself how she sees him. And it made him believe that she loved him. It made him want to be a better person. He tells her he has plans to apply to culinary school and move to New York. Alexia, the neighbor's daughter, is going to help him out. He wants them to be together. He proposes. She says yes. It's yay. And then we get an epilogue about a little over a year later. And we learn that during this time, he's been in Spain. She's been in New York. 
He's gone through physical therapy and his leg is a lot better. It's not 100%, but it's way better than it was. Yay! He also has gotten counseling, so he's gone through emotional therapy, which is good. And he has just arrived back in New York and is ready for Rosie and him to begin their life together. And that's the end. I was disappointed with the ending, honestly. I think it was just really fast. I think that Rosie... She was so upset for months and no contact from Lucas or anything. And then he shows up and she's like, oh, yay, you're back. My life is good again. That's it? Like, really? <laughs> That's all? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm ready to grovel. But he doesn't have to because she's fine with it because he's back. Yeah. And the whole thing with Lena interceding, that conversation she has with Lucas, the fact she sends him the book. That's what finally convinces him to work on himself. He read her words of love and was changed. It disappointed me, I guess. I'm not sure why. I think it might be because we didn't get to see any of those moments with Lucas coming to terms with things. Yeah. He left Rosie at the airport completely different from when he comes back on New Year's. He is in this place, I don't deserve her, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. And then we don't see any of that realization that he is worthy, that it that he should try to get her back. Do you think part of the issue is, not that they grew apart, but that he grew on his own? Like in some romances, it's very clear, like the characters grow together. But in this instance, it was like, no, no, I'll go take care of it myself. I wish that there had been some more about them being apart. Hmm. I'm okay with him growing on his own. I think he kind of needed to. He needed to know he could be better. Yeah. He needed to have a little bit of, I don't know if self-worth is the right word, but like build his self-esteem up because so much of what he thought was awesome about himself was the surfing career. And that was no longer on the table. Yeah. And I think it's good to do that without Rosie there because he was using her. I mean, as much as he cared about her and everything, she was a distraction for him from his own pain. No, I agree with you. I think he needed to face that. But you're right. It did it felt awkward or something. It seems almost out of place in a romance book. So I can kind of see why it's not here. But I would have liked like maybe another 50 pages of them living their lives apart. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to see him come to some of those realizations and begin some of those changes, at least before we time jump to the end of the changes. Yeah. And then when he comes back, have her give him shit for it. You yeah. left, dude. <laughs> WTF, you have a problem and you bail. This is the solution. And radio silence. <laughs> She's so understanding. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Just so completely understanding throughout the whole book. Like, oh, he fed me this little tidbit of his story and I will be content with that because I can see it's hard for him. Yes, he, he gave her crumbs and she was satisfied with that. Yeah, and then the whole time he's thinking to himself, oh, she needs to have higher standards for guys. I can't believe that she would date guys that treat her so badly. <laughs> but then he doesn't give her any of that emotional vulnerability of from from himself yep he then treats her badly and is like take me back and she's like yeah sure <laughs> yeah it, it was anyway yeah i was here for the whole story until after after the airport scene and then i was like what the hell is going on 
Why? <laughs> How was the audiobook? The audiobook was good. It was narrated by Jennifer Jill Araya and Noah B. Perez. And I feel like they, they narrated the characters well. Sometimes the narration felt a little mismatched. On one hand, I felt like they were the characters, but they felt mismatched. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how to reconcile that. And then sometimes just based on your interpretation from reading the story, I feel like maybe they influenced my interpretation of the characters and how I perceive them, which sometimes, I mean, it always happens, but I think sometimes there's a greater disconnect. I feel like this may have been one of those times. With both narrations, really, as they, in some ways, they felt very YA because they were very big emotions and passionate in their performances, which, you know, audiobook for every listener, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) For for some, that will work. You know, I mean, this is definitely a feel-good. This is definitely more rom-com. And so perhaps that's where it fits best. I think that is interesting that that influenced your interpretation of the characters in that way, because for me, I didn't get that from Rosie at all. I felt like she was very locked down. Oh. She was willing to put everyone else first ahead of her. Yeah, no, I definitely got that. To, to, to the point that when Lucas feeds her little breadcrumbs of himself, tiny bits of vulnerability, she's like, oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy I got this. And it doesn't feel like equal in that way. Like she's willing to do so much for him and just accept so little from him on the emotional side to the point that she's willing to when she does make the grand gesture. And I get the impression that that was wildly out of character for her, just like quitting her job had been wildly out of character for her at the beginning of the story. You know, she's like, no, I actually feel this. I have I I feel something for once. I need to act on it. That's what I got out of it. And so she tries to with the airport scene, which, of course, doesn't work out. On Lucas's side, I feel like he wanted to take care of Rosie. And part of it was because he cares about her. And he he, I I believe that he's super into her and and cares about her and, and loves her and everything. But I think a big part of it, too, was he was stalling on dealing with his own shit. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why I was so upset that we didn't get to see him deal with his own shit at all. Yeah. <laughs> because that doesn't that that weakens him as a character. You know, he's not as realistic because he just flips. All of a sudden, he's fine now. When it was obvious to everyone, it was obvious to Rosie, it was obvious to the reader that he was dealing with something really big and life altering. At the end of the book, at the airport scene, he still hasn't dealt with it this whole time. Yeah. Maybe that would have been fine. Like, if he had slowly dealt with it over the course of the story, maybe that would have been fine, too. But it would have changed the ending. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think that it would have been better to have that through the course of the story rather than the sharp ending. Yeah, it's just like this super awkward turnabout at the end of the story. Especially, as you say, like, for Rosie, who is, I guess, not supposed to be the grand gesture sort of person and really put herself out there, that really should have shut her down. Yeah. And it does. I mean, I definitely got the impression, even though it was brief, that she was not living her best life anymore, you know? Yes. (laughs) She had written basically a masterpiece and shut herself off emotionally because she didn't have Lucas. He doesn't want her the way she wants him. And 
I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think he doesn't want her the way she wants him. Because she wants all of it. She wants the tough stuff too. And I don't know that... I think he wants her tough stuff, but he's not willing to share. No, clearly. And at no point do we get any... Resolution to that. ...idea that he's going to do that in the future. Yeah. And it's just really frustrating from the reader's standpoint. It's like, well, she put herself out there. She hung herself out to dry for you, and you just left her there. Yeah. And now she's fine with it because you're back? Like, why? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, my interpretation of the characters was a lot different, I guess. (laughs) Maybe better. I don't know. Who knows? Different. But on that note... Are are you happy for them, Em? Are you happy for their happy? <laughs> um, are they happy? <laughs> provisionally happy for them? Again, it, it's mainly because of the end. I'm not sure if those crazy kids will make it. She's clearly satisfied that he just shows up. And <laughs> he will leave when he feels like it's too much. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I mean, th- that's what the ending showed me of their behaviors. Yeah. So if that's incorrect, then we need another book that says it's not. (laughs) But as it stands right now, that's what the ending of the story taught me. Of them (laughs) and of their behaviors. Yeah, I'm not happy for them either. I was happy for them. I was. I thought I was going to be. And then I was like, that that ending. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was so sure I would be. And then at the end, I was like, oh, my God, but it's not fixed yet. Like, I don't believe it. Yeah, it it felt unresolved. Yeah. Well, how did you rate (laughs) Rosie? I've rated her, not really on the scale, but I rated her as, she's okay. (laughs) Just okay. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I felt like she was brave to pursue the career that she wanted. I was uncomfortable with all of her unnecessary lying. It does get resolved, I guess. But yeah. And then there was, I don't know, there was definitely the fantasy of romance stuff. Because there was the whole heroin magic going on. Which, uh, some of it I just, I don't know, seemed more understandable to me than others. I guess the showdown, like when they were saving her brother. Yeah. The fact that she was willing to whack the guy with the purse, which is fine. I feel like she should have defended it's like that solves it. I, I was very confused. Maybe I didn't understand something. But I'm like, does the purse have weaponry? Because you can take getting hit <laughs> with a purse, depending on what is in that purse. <laughs> so that guy was like going to kick Lucas's ass. Had Lucas on his, his knees and his bad knee, as we come to realize, and, and all of that, then the dude's just done because Rosie's willing to whack up with a purse. Some people can, like, give a force of personality or ferociousness that can get other people to back down. But I I did not get the sense that that was in Rosie's repertoire. No, and for that scene, for me, I didn't think the guy backed down because of Rosie. I think he was trying to go to Lucas and realized he wasn't going to get that. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And that storyline isn't really resolved at all. It makes me think that maybe we'll get another book with Ollie or something like that because they leave and okay, now Ollie's dealing with his shit at his dad's, you know? Yeah. I think that that whole scene 
at the club could have gone really bad really quickly. And I think the reason it didn't has more to do with that guy, the bad guy, than with Rosie or Lucas. Yeah, you're probably right. And we don't know why. But I was satisfied not knowing why because I felt, well, that wasn't really part of their story. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe the brother will resolve that. And really, the, the the importance of that scene for this story was for Lucas to see that Rosie was willing to protect him. Yeah. I mean, maybe there could have been a better way to show that. I don't know. But that's why I thought the scene was there. I guess it just... Maybe it's because of my interpretation of Rosie. Maybe that's just me being unfair, which is entirely possible. I mean, I could see this guy. He's trying to goad Lucas into fighting him. He doesn't know Lucas's leg is messed up necessarily. He kicks him. He's down on the ground and he's waiting for Lucas to like he wants Lucas to fight him. He does. Yes. I I think there's no question about that. And then Rosie shows up and she's all, no, I'm going to kick your ass with my purse. Doesn't he like creepily hit on Rosie first? You get this hint that he's kind of into Rosie or wanted Rosie to come inside the club is gross. I kind of see him just like, okay, maybe this isn't going to go the way I want it to go. I don't necessarily want the cops to get involved. They will if I kill these guys. I'll save this for another time. Or not kill. I mean, that would escalate dramatically. But yeah. Well, for me, I rated Rosie awkward. I really liked her. I thought she was great. She has a lot of awesome characteristics. But I think for me, it just kind of fell flat at the end because she's willing to put herself out there and offer so much. And there's no consequence for Lucas when he spurns her and then comes back later. Yes. And I just don't get that. Like, why? Why, Rosie? Why don't you love yourself? Because she's too busy loving other people. I don't think she got over her sense of over-responsibility that she had at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think she resolved to tell the truth, which is good. But I don't think that she improved herself in any other way. It makes me question her love for him. Does she see him as, as someone she needs to take care of? Yeah, or is he on a pedestal? Does that initial crush affect it? Like, how how equal are things? Yeah. How did you rate Lucas? I put that, you know, he's okay until he isn't. (laughs) I really liked his journey. I thought there would be more of that journey, like you were saying. So he's injured and he has to find his way in the world again and his self-worth. Yeah. That's an incredibly... Great story idea for a hero, I think. But yeah, totally. None of that really happens during during the course of the actual story. You know, I mean, he cooks and people tell him his cooking is amazing, but he's like, eh. <laughs> okay. And then he goes off and does all this growth journey and then returns. I'm fixed now. Now I can accept your love. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> is it because she just is so happy to have someone who shows up and loves her that she forgives him? Or does she, because she doesn't know necessarily the journey that he's been on, does she still see him as someone who who needs the self-esteem and the care, the emotional care? And that's why she's like, yes, yes, I love you. So I can give you that. I don't know. Hmm. I feel like they were a couple that really could have benefited from growing together. And it doesn't feel to me like they did. 
I don't really feel like Rosie at the end of the book is very different from the Rosie that we meet. I'm told that Lucas is different and again has gone on this improvement tour, so to speak. But if it doesn't happen on the page, it feels like it doesn't happen. So who knows? What about you? How did you rate Lucas? I rated him awkward. Kind of like Rosie. I thought he was really great. I thought he had a lot of awesome characteristics. He was very wonderful and perfect in the first part of the book up until the airport scene. I was on board. I was on the Lucas train. Full steam ahead, you know? Uh (laughs) I think the way his character was handled was awkward. I think that you hit it right on the nose. Just the whole, we didn't see it happen. He, we didn't see him grow. We're told that he grew, and apparently that's fine. That makes him awkward for me. Yeah. Because I, I want, I wanted him and Rosie to be together. I believed that they would be happy together in spite of their issues and everything. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. Like that. And it just made him awkward at that point. After that, I was like, oh, all right. Never mind. <laughs> I have invested in you and you have betrayed me. <laughs> and then and then he shows back up at New Year's and it's like he says he's willing to grovel and and all that and do whatever it takes to get a second chance and whatnot. But he also kind of assumes that she's going to be OK with it because he's got their song playing. Mm-hmm. He's got like his proposal on the screen where the countdown was. He's pretty confident that she's going to take him back. And and Rosie's a <laughs> romantically minded person. It makes sense that he would be confident. I don't think that was very um, aware, like emotionally aware of him to handle his return in that way. Hmm. They, they have the important conversation while they're slow dancing to Dancing Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. How much can you really talk about to Dancing Queen? I don't know. I guess it depends on how loud it is. But yeah. <laughs> and I mean, especially if it's just for the duration of a couple minutes during a song. Yeah, I don't know. He is pretty sure he was going to get her back. And it doesn't make sense that he would be sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, a, it's the grand gesture. It's in front of all these people. She says yes. And then like the next day or two kind of goes, wait a sec. Yeah, maybe we need more story at that point. I don't know. Yeah. But instead, we get a time jump of a, of over a year, and they're fine. Yeah. They've been long distance. It's been fine. Yeah. I, okay, if you say so. Like, uh, all right. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I get agreeing to... I mean, I have... This is a weird way to put this, but I have an immense amount of... I don't know if respect is the right word. For those who get proposed to in front of a group and say no. I think it would be really hard to say no. Because the inclination is just to be like, yes, okay, let's just, let's get through this and then we'll deal with whatever is just happening now. Well, the whole idea of a surprise proposal is weird to me anyways. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, I could see even Rosie, even if she isn't feeling it in that moment, especially since what we know of Rosie up until that point, it would make sense to me that she would be like, yes. And then, like I said the next day kind of being like okay we need to talk if this is actually going to be a thing i think that's a good point which maybe that did happen but we don't know because again if it's not on the page (laughs) then we can't assume that it happened 
I know I assume a lot at times, but <laughs> we shouldn't. L- Lucas assumed she'd say yes, so why can't we assume that it happened? I don't know. Yes. It's bad of me to infer like I do, just willy-nilly. But It's fine. <laughs> Everything's okay. It's all right. What about the antagonists of the story? You probably have something different. I don't know, but I listed Rosie and Lucas as the antagonists because of their internal issues. Yeah, it was a pretty internal story. I feel like the other things that happen, the the Lena, the, was it Landlord, Ali, I feel like those are not antagonists so much as interruptions. I feel like the, the thing that keeps them apart is their own internal issues, which is why I feel like for the resolution to really feel satisfying, those really had to be better addressed or differently addressed. Yeah. What about you? I do agree with you, but I did list like the other people as antagonists, like the landlord and Ollie's boss. But you're right. They are kind of more like interruptions and it's frustrating because it doesn't really get resolved. That situation with her landlord. Okay. She still lives there and he's still an asshole (laughs) and nothing changed on that front. Yeah. The thing with Ollie's boss or whatever, whoever that guy is didn't really get resolved i don't really think it needed to get resolved too much i feel like as far as rosie's concerned it's resolved but i listed him as an antagonist because he is a fucking asshole (laughs) i agree that rosie is an antagonist because she does have her internal issues but for the most part i would say lucas is the biggest antagonist in this book and Mm. he's pretty damn effective i think the main reason they didn't get together throughout the story is due to him thinking he's not good enough Yeah. I think that if he had thought he was good enough, he would have spoken up sooner and she would have gone for it because she was into him. So that was really the issue. And it was pretty effective for most of the story, but it was not effectively resolved. So ultimately awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I guess. Unfortunately, I think that the story felt like it should have been about Lucas's journey and it really wasn't but I got the impression that it should be. Yeah. I don't know what the author's intention was. I don't think Rosie really went on much of a journey. I think for her, it was just, she she was falling in love. She was along for the ride. Yeah. This really was Lucas's story. It should have been Lucas's story and didn't have enough Lucas. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you rate the book? I gave the book a 2.5 because yeah, not my thing. What about you? Oh, I gave it a four. Yay. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you liked it. It was really, really, really fucking my thing until the airport scene. Yeah. It would have been a five until the airport scene. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, no. I really enjoyed it up until then. (laughs) I thought it was great. I thought Lucas was great. I mean, it was very um, fantasy-ish, the level of awesome that he was, but... He was very awesome and sweet and wonderful and amazing and charming. And the sexy bits were great. A lot of it was really fucking good. I I don't know. It was very cute. Yeah, it was. And then it wasn't. Yes. (laughs) So. Well, I I hate to ask this, but did you feel romanced? Up until that point, yes. Oh, no. (laughs) I did. And then it killed it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, never mind. I guess not. (laughs) But yes, 
I mean, for the most part, yes. <laughs> Stop at the airport scene and make up your own ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that reminds me of when we saw The Ring. Oh, yeah. It's like, if we stop now, we get a happy ending. Should we leave now? No, we don't. <gasps> no, apparently Sadly. we didn't. We stayed. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you romanced? No. <laughs> didn't invest. No, not at all? No, not really. Aw. I mean, it was fine. I mean... <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> like I said, I not for me, but hopefully for those that are into romance and into like romantic comedy and lighthearted and, and all of those good things. Hopefully it is for them. Yeah. I mean, truly. All right. What else have you been reading? Well, not reading, but watching. So the PBS NewsHour puts out this segment called Moment of Truth. Just FYI. Not to be confused with, I guess there's a reality show called Moment of Truth. I did not know this. Oh. I I found this out as I was looking for more episodes of Moment of Truth to find that there's this other one, which does not at all sound like this. Although maybe the reality show is your cup of tea, in which case, watch on and enjoy. But the one that (laughs) that I watched and, and thought was really interesting has young adult journalists reporting on how misinformation, disinformation, and a lack of information is affecting Americans. Yeah. There's one longer segment, and then there's a couple of shorter ones. But some of the stories that they've covered are, like, a mother talks about conspiracy theories that she fell for in her 20s and sort of her wake up call moment. Oh, interesting. Which was really interesting. Um, I don't know if I should reveal what the wake-up call moment was, but yeah, she had a moment where she went, oh, okay. <laughs> if if someone who is like this believes these things, maybe I need to reevaluate how I am reaching my conclusions. <laughs> Another one, I think the, the one I sent you was an Oregon man who talked about the conspiracy theories that he got pulled into and how it affected his mental health adversely affected his mental health so he was talking about how like i guess on on some website like he got sucked into like doing these puzzles like if you solve these quote-unquote puzzles you know we'll let you in on the secret and i was like wow i wonder i wonder i like to try to put myself in other people's lives sorry people um to figure out like would i do that you know just trying to figure out more about myself sorry it's selfish and i wondered and i'm like no, because I think after the first one, I'd be like, can't you just tell me? <laughs> I'm lazy. Can't you just tell me the information? I mean, if it's so important, why don't you just tell me? Why do you make me jump through hoops? I think a lot of the time people who get pulled into that sort of thing, they're in a vulnerable place at the time. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Most people, I think, wouldn't if they weren't in a vulnerable place. Possibly. Like, I think part of the reason that that initially this interested me so much was because it's always like, well, would I fall for it? And I think I totally could. Oh, yeah. I try to not have any delusions that, oh, I feel like I could combat this. (laughs) I think maybe in that previous example, my saving grace would have been just my laziness of like, no, just give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time to jump through your hoops. Uh, The last example that I cited, and again, there are others, was a spread of misinformation in the Vietnamese community. Like, they pointed out how they don't have 
at least as of now, I don't think they have like a big global news network. Like there are tons that are in English and then there's Telemundo and Spanish, but lots of communities don't have that. So in the absence of that, of course, where else are they going to go? The internet, YouTube, Twitter, all those other things to find information. Yeah. And get information from people that they know and therefore assume is trusted, you know? Because if one would hope, one would hope, you know, it's like, well, I haven't vetted the information, but I vetted the person. So the information must be fine. Anyway, it was just it was really interesting. Well, the one you sent me was really interesting. I definitely enjoyed. Yeah, if you want, I'll send you the link to the longer one, which has the mother's story in it. Like I said, it's like an ongoing segment. So hopefully there's more. (laughs) Yeah, you should. And I could put it in our show notes, too. What about you? What have you been reading? I recently finished I Married a Beast by Regina Abel. I hope I pronounced your name right. She's the author of the Prime Mating Agency series, and this is number seven in that series. Each book is loosely connected with the Prime Mating Agency being the reason the couple gets together. It's an arranged marriage sort of series between a human and an alien And the story is about learning about the alien culture and them learning about each other and falling in love and whatnot. In this one, we have a little bit of a different heroine who is named Belle. She relates herself to Belle from Beauty and the Beast because she is into, quote, monsters, unquote. That's her thing. That's her kink. That's what she wants. And she actually signs up with the mating agency because she wants to be set up with her perfect beast, which when I first started reading this book, I was going, oh my gosh, this woman is horrible. She is fetishizing like this completely different alien culture that's really messed up. And Mm -hmm. ah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the way the author handled it was good. I think that it does toe that line, like, is this a fetish? Is it not? But ultimately, she does fall in love with this guy for who he is, not for what he is, if that makes any sense. He belongs to like this warrior species, and he agreed to marry her. But he's kind of like, I don't understand. Like, what? (laughs) Like, why is she into this? I don't get it. She's very different from any female that he knows of his species. So it's kind of interesting, like the way their cultures clash in that way, because she's very much, yes, I'm all in. I'm ready. I want this. I signed up for this because they have a really good record of getting couples together who have happily ever afters. And that's what I want. And I'm trusting the system. And woo, I'm in. Not like me at all, but very interesting to think about. <laughs> and then he's he's a lot more like me, where he's like, um, okay, why though? <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> but like all the stories in this series, it's very sweet, very cute, very low angst, very much just learning about other cultures people growing together in spite of differences and, you know, very good. Yay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, can, can I make a quick little add to the, the thing that I said about moment of truth? Oh yeah. yeah. Something that I may have forgot to mention. 
in the segment where they were talking about the misinformation within the Vietnamese community, there are people that are out there actively trying to work against that, which is also what the story was about. That's good. Yes. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've seen something about that before. I don't know if you sent it to me or maybe you did. I have. I've I've seen other things similar. Yeah, they also had like, because I think at the time where the, the longer segment had just come out, like it was before we voted this last November. So there was a lot of voting information stuff. Basically, you know, just people getting out information like where do people go to find accurate voting related information as to how to vote and that kind of thing like i said very interesting yep interesting and a little scary that's it for this time check out our website romancemepodcast.com for show notes other episodes and our upcoming reads don't forget you can subscribe on apple google amazon or spotify uh we're still on twitter at romancemecast and we have a facebook at Romance Me Pod. Speaking of social media, <laughs> were you romanced by Rosie and Lucas's story? Let us know what you think. And of course, join us next time when we discuss Spellbound by Ali Theron. I'm saying bye. bye. I know you won't, but I'm still going to say bye. Bye. I said bye. <laughs> I did. You did. It was very awkward. <laughs> I love the awkward. It's just so sweet. It's just so with it, right? Some deep part of my heart. I guess sorry. Feels that whole Yes. <laughs> awkward cringy bit. I love it. Ride the wave? Ah. Ride the wave. Oh that's that is not That is not very kind to Lucas. Wait, wait, I care. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs>